Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Jeremy Sternhagen, and I co-host The Real Jaws Minute. And I'm Tyson Ferris. I also co-host The Real Jaws Minute. And doing a darn fine job of it, too, guys. Thank you very much for Thanks. being on our show. Thanks for having uh, us. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's always fun talking 70s movies, and this movie is so 70s. It's, I mean, they, they keep trying to plug topical moments in here. And uh, here's where we're dropping in uh, the, S- the SDS and uh, military types out at the front door and just all kinds of – even Berkeley's mentioned. So it's uh, – <laughs> That was my first question. I don't know what the SDS is, and I couldn't figure it out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Tyson, go, yes. Go. <laughs> um, it's the Students for a Democratic Society, which was a popular um, uh, protesting group at the time. Yeah, big, uh-huh. big on the Berkeley campus, um, yep. and uh, one of its leaders was Tom Hayden, who would later become Mr. Jane Fonda. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, at the time, actually, this is kind of the end of the SDS. The SDS was becoming uh, taken over by Maoists and uh, anarchists, and, and it just all kind of fell apart the the year this movie was being made. So this was, but they were they were known for uh, very loud protests, uh, some of which got uh, a bit violent and. Uh, and taking over campuses and taking over uh, college president's offices. So uh, Jeremy Stone being a, a an academic type, would that would be his greatest fear is you know, long-haired hippie freaks coming <laughs> in and uh, busting up his uh, curriculum. Which is funny because we, we you know, we as we said in the last uh, minute, um, he's got some of those hippie people in his living room. You know? Yeah, yeah, or or the uh, the Universal Studios version of hippie. They're they're kind of um, yeah. <laughs> J- J- Jack Webb level hippies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which is also being filmed in the same studio at Universal. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a buzz cut in in this yeah. area then you're you're borderline hippie. Yeah, and uh the the guy he's talking to there talking about the million dollar grant and having a beard, having a having a beard and being that age in 1970 meant that you were some kind of a radical uh, on campus, so this this fellow is one of them uh, uh, long-haired uh, intellectual types that uh, would be very familiar to audiences in 1970. Um, it's uh, yeah, it it's very it it feels so TV movie here. Uh, the yeah. camera moves and uh, just <laughs> and all the people who normally you'd see on TV uh, wandering wandering around. Um, I I. I feel like this isn't the first time he's uh, knocked her over with stuff that she doesn't know about. It is a, there's a whole lot of things that uh, that uh, Jeremy doesn't tell his wife, uh, and she's just this just seems to be another another stick on the bonfire. Yeah, yeah she, she obviously has no clue, right? Yeah, they don't present her as being. Uh, I, I I don't want to insult her, but being on his playing in the same field that he plays in. Yeah, in terms yeah, of she's, academia. She's definitely on along for the ride rather than being his partner in all yeah. of this. This is her and, bag is to host these parties. So this yeah, is, yeah, she's, this is she's her good. her week is revolving around this. Yeah, yeah it's, she, it's not only not the same ballpark, it's not even the same sport. 
that they're playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's thinking about the uh, the twenty four um, uh, shrimp <laughs> shrimp and cheese things on triscuits that are cooking in the oven right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he he. Uh, you gotta you gotta love Arthur Hill. Uh, I, 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 this is just before he hit it big with uh, his TV show Owen Marshall, Attorney at Law, which mm-hmm. was on ABC for I think about two or three years. Um, and this is before. Uh, national audiences knew him. He was always like another another attorney on um, on I keep using the same one as Banachek or, or or the you know name of the game kind of things, but a very familiar to TV audiences. And I just love the way he acts in this. He he had one line, and then the rest of his actions are done with his eyebrows. He just keeps reacting and then reacting and then reacting again about the army types that are at the front door. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And he he does seem to know the difference between TV acting and movie acting because he knows that his eyebrows are going to be twelve feet tall on a big screen. So I think he tones it down a bit from when you see him on on television shows. Although a lot of the other like his wife in this Susan Brown, she just doesn't understand the difference between TV and movies, and she's all over the place, yeah. <laughs> all over the place <laughs> emoting um, with that. Uh, yeah. Gosh, she, they must. Go ahead, she's, sorry. I, uh, she's got that lilt to her voice that so many, uh, uh, I don't know, TV actresses of the of that kind of a generation had. I don't our, know what I don't know what you, voice. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you call that, but uh, it's like I'm not yeah, even sure it, how to describe it. But yeah. I understand. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like some kind of a song that she's singing, and these are the lyrics. Right. Uh, she, yeah. Oh, and it's 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 not Jeremy. It's Jeremy. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's like not British, but like, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's very whiny. And that's like, seems to be her default noise. That's the only way she talks is, mm-hmm. is this sing songiness about it's mm-hmm. almost a pleading all the time. What is this about? Why are we doing this? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And very uh, uh, reminiscent of Carrie Fisher in star Wars and all of her scenes with, um, with, uh, oh man, the British guy, Peter. Oh, with Peter Cushing, yeah. Cushing, Peter yeah. Cushing, yes. Where she's just, I, I've always wondered if that was, uh, to get us off topic, I've always wondered if that was uh, Princess Leia playing a part of the princess or if actually Carrie Fisher was kind of adopting the inflections of her, of her cast, of her co-star at that scene. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, it's very, I mean, it, this is typical of the time and they're fitting in very well in 70s movies because this is yeah. something, you know, if you listen to everybody, Talking like this, I did. I did when I did the airport movie. We had Jacqueline Bisset, uh, a lot of minutes of her, and she did the same thing. This this constant and uh, Betty Hutton, who played Dean Martin's wife in that, she had the same up and down inflection in every single sentence. There's nothing, nothing, no flat delivery that wasn't permitted. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, but then I keep wondering if is this? Does she think this is her big movie moment? And now she's finally on a big screen, and this is. This is her chance to act. She is swinging for the fences. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike, I don't dislike her in this. I mean, she seems a likable enough character, um, but you wonder about the dynamics of their family relationship. He, he keeps a lot of stuff from her and she just kind of takes whatever scraps he delivers Mm -hmm. and uh, figures it out later. Yeah. I, I, I I was taken that this is not, this is not a modern, a normal, modern, like healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, are... I put it in the same bucket uh, as what I mentioned before, where the, the demographic, the movie's trying to appeal to that they wanted to write it, 
the they want the audience to think like, oh yeah, I've got secrets. I'm important yeah. so much so that not even my wife knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, she's just completely gobsmacked by the whole thing. And uh, you know these these men who now report to me um, and have to keep me safe from everybody else here on Maple Street. Um, that, that's the that's the other the other part that's another unanswered question is who are they defending him from? Right. They, are, are the Martians? I, 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 <laughs> it's it's very it's very peculiar about how much and like are you really protecting somebody for showing up in uniform when they exactly. rather go go in mufti and just say <laughs> come on we gotta go I mean you can wear black turtlenecks if you want to do the whole spy caper thing but yeah um, if they were trying to to keep everything on the down low. Uh, and you know, hide stuff from her. They, yeah, they they did a really bad job of it just by saying like, "Oh, it's our job to protect him," which begs a whole bunch of other questions, like from what, from who, yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, it's like all those all those movies where you see like uh, uh, the ATF uh, show up and it just says ATF across their everyone's back, you know, in in f- two foot high letters, you know, uh, and it's like, yeah, n- nobody saw these guys coming. Like, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming every, and like everybody at the party, just, they, they just noticed that the host and the hostess left. Is anybody going to look out the window and notice the guy with the, with, you know, with the M16 slung across his <laughs> back? Um, and, and what is, I mean, we see her, you know, talking with him, I'll be safe as in your arms and she's left behind. So what does she tell the guy that was asking about getting a job with the $4 million grant? Well, you know, she go back, well, Jeremy get taken away by a bunch of guys in blue suits, but I probably can't talk about that because it might be illegal. I don't know. It, it's yeah, so many, so many questions. It's um, her performance is kind of par for the course for this whole movie, so it's hard to even single her out as being over the top in any way because the I don't, best I don't, is yet to come. Yeah, I don't even think I thought she was really uh, uh, like. I think she was fine with what she was given. I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has yeah. she has like three pages of script. And it's like, here, know all these lines, and you're going to deliver them in a meaningful and realistic way. And yeah. this is the best she can do. So you know, they they got out of well, and even got, the even the character is on her. She's on she's on the back of her heels. You know. Uh, yeah. She's not. You know, she just got sm- smacked and is trying to recover the entire scene and never does. You know. Yeah. So, um, and, and he's so dismissive. Like he he has absolutely no connection to you know. I'll be safe as in your arms and then leave. Like like he's the the opposite of reassuring. It's more like ah well, and and you know like the Captain Morton there telling telling her that you know our job is to protect your husband. And it's like well he's never needed protection previous to this very moment when you showed at my door with guns. It, it, everything that they're pointing at is the opposite of what everybody's saying. So it's a, I mean it's a nice. Uh, dissonance but again it, it kind of puts the audience off its feed too it's like well, wait a minute what's you know why is this guy getting lifted up in the middle of the night um did you guys catch uh something i liked about this scene did you guys catch as they were leaving when he when uh officer is it morton you said yeah morton, uh, captain, morton. captain morgan when he delivers the line that you know he'll be safe with us did you catch the other military guy's response to that he kind of no. he kind of throws a look like like, oh, I can't, yeah. I can't believe you're saying that. Like, that is total BS. Like, you know yeah. it. He's just like, he's like that. It's, he almost looks irritated that he would even bother saying that. Yeah, it's like, stop trying to talk to the civilian. 
Well, and it's interesting that Captain Morton is more reassuring to Mrs. Stone than than <laughs> yeah than her husband than yeah. her husband. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like, oh, this lady's obviously uh, 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 you know uh, a little panicked here. I'll throw her a bone. Uh, yeah. But it's it's way more of a bone than uh, than uh, Stone gives her. So Gosh. I think Stone and, is pretty excited to leave. Actually, he's like, "Yes, this yeah. is what I've been waiting for." <laughs> I don't have to be yeah. at this party anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no pizza rolls for me. I'm getting me out. There. I know they have filet mignon up on level one. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and again, uh, we're talking with about Robert Wise and his uh, cinematic choices. Uh, he has that entire uh, isolated. Uh, scene again with the split diopter lens and uh, and Captain Morton and uh, the the Munster's house and the the guy marching in front of the uh, the Lincoln with the suicide doors <laughs> just just for that one little piece where he says there's a fire sir um, yeah it just it, it I I know like he's trying to tell the story and saying see what see everything going on in one scene but it calls such attention to itself it's so but it's, that's 1970 in filmmaking this is uh, you gotta you gotta let the filmmaker show oh. you that you're watching a movie. Yeah, that's that's a diopter for you. If you wanna yeah. if you wanna see a film being made, put a split diopter in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna get into things in the future. I mean, 1970 was everybody was about split you know the Brady Bunch look. Everything had split screens and multiple pictures and images, and that that's all gonna come up. But I think the diopter is the second uh, most commonly you know this is 1970 if you're seeing a split diopter this is this is the look of a 1970 film yeah uh um that uh i don't know if you've yeah you've you've been on the the universal a lot right have you been yes yes yeah and um the thing that always uh, it's it's a it's a dumb it's really dumb but i enjoy if you're on the universal lot if you get to walk around the street lights are all 110 they're basically light bulbs. They're not. They're not built for illumination. They're built so that you can have light. On, you know, a, a light showing that it's on and not off in a scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to, I got to play with one of the, uh, one of the street lights on on that street. And it at the bot at the base of the at the base of the street light where you normally have like three phase electric and stuff. There's just a a plug an outlet. And when you need to shoot something, you just plug in the street light, and the street light comes on. Oh, <laughs> it's just nice. It's just like a hundred watt light bulb. Yeah. That's all it, but uh, it's just fun it, it, seeing that thing and knowing at the bottom there's there's you know a, a length of uh, orange electrical black electrical cable plugged that is, into things. Just perfectly encapsulates uh, how make believe that whole street is. But I aren't correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't some of those houses not all of them are facades? A couple of them are actually fully functional with interior sets. Yeah, some some of them have have interior sets that you can go in and there's like a living room and stuff. And a lot of them are. Um, they're, they have a facade, but right behind it, the 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 room apart from like they'll have a front door or a foyer. Actually, this might be this might be a partially built set. Yeah, I don't like know it. what the I don't know what the Beaver Cleaver house is, but the uh, the the functional sets uh, will will be built in a couple of the houses. And the other ones are like there might be a couple of uh, rooms in it so that you can get somebody leaning out a window, mm-hmm. or you know like there's a stairway or a ladder can be put up. And uh, you'll go in, and there'll be like um, light rigs or uh, garden hoses or things to you know things for lawn maintenance, <laughs> or all stored up in it's, it's it's a great if, if if anybody's listening has not been on the Universal tour or the Paramount tour. Yeah, going in and visiting a studio really changes your whole idea of when you, when you're seeing 
when you're seeing these things on screen, it's like, oh, yeah. that's what that's what it really is. <laughs> the amusing no, the thing. thing the, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead. Say the amusing it. thing to me is I've done the Universal Backlot Tour several times, uh, probably earliest in the early 90s and then as recently as a couple years ago. And how when you do that part of the tour, how the tour guide tells you like what things are shot there. And it's always leave it to Beaver, the Munsters, and then whatever currently is shooting there. Yeah. And just how it, it always changes a little bit, but they, they obviously want to stick with the thing everybody knows. But of course, when I'm writing around in there, I'm going, you know, oh, that was from this like abstract, you know, 70s movie or, oh no, that's the Burbs, you know. Of course, I'm thinking of movies that no one else is thinking of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I, I remember I first visited there in 1980 and the Munster's house had been turned into Delta House. They were making the Delta House TV show based on oh, Animal yeah. House. Yep. And uh, they had like a big Delta on the on the front of the the facade there, and it's all painted in bright uh, bright yellow and white, and it looked nothing like mm-hmm. you know there weren't any petrified trees on the front. And it's just like, oh, that's what, you know, you feel like they should have kept it that way. It's like, no, this is this is a business, and they've got they've got to change it up so they can use it. And yeah, so it's, it's a working uh, lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Reuse. Yeah. Well, speaking Me. of reusing stuff, uh, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the stuff in this movie gets reused in television. Uh, oh yeah, in, yeah. In later years, uh, there's a couple. I think I noticed some stuff from like Knight Rider and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once once they once they build things, it'll it'll show up ever. I mean, one of the, one of the things we're going to come up with in a in an upcoming minute, uh, actually next week, uh, we get to see a reuse of the set that I spent a lot of time with on the uh, the airport minute. Uh, they reuse the seven oh seven and just kind of hang TWA uh, uh, seat covers. Oh, on the nice. out, on the outside of it, and it's like, wait a minute, Dean Martin uh, was up there talking, <laughs> trying to talk Jacqueline Bisset into getting an abortion in that same seat that he was in. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's great. It's very weird seeing them back to back, but they were, you know, they were all this is being shot at the same time, and and this is going on while you know Dragnet 1970 is being filmed right up the street from where they're at there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, this is the heyday of uh, of Universal Television. There were so many. Yep. So many NBC productions and ABC productions that were going on there. Uh, it's it's fun seeing it all. I, I would love to see an ultimate seventies compilation of everything going on on that on those three streets that that form the, uh, the most of the backlot there. Yeah. And you know, even I, I think the most common thing that everybody notices is when you see Courthouse Square and you're saying, "Hey, wait, that's that's Back to the Future," and it's you know, it's it's in. Um, uh, it's into Kill a Mockingbird, and it's yep. in uh, Bye Bye mm-hmm. Birdie, and you know you're just seeing it in all these different places. Going, wait a minute, I know that that's that's the uh, that's the '80s malt shop in 2015, um, and but it's 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 funny that the most familiar you know the most familiar faces in this thing are buildings. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The uh, the Norman the Psycho House is probably one of the few sets now that they there's really no alternative purpose for. So they just kind of yeah. have to leave it there. Even that you want to think that like, Oh, they made psycho and they knew it was going to be a hit. So they just left the house there. But even that house was torn down, relocated, used far away from universal city. And then eventually moved back in the seventies when the studio tour, uh, picked up momentum. So even that house was not, it was considered to be, you know, ephemeral. Yeah. And, and where it is now, I mean, as, as, Universal has turned the studio into a uh, theme park. 
it gets harder and harder to use these places as uh, as places to film because where the psycho house is now, there's a big parking garage right behind it. So unless you're using just very specific angles, mostly from above yeah. even, it's yep. really hard to shoot in there because everything yeah. that used to be you know, in the back, there's no more background. <laughs> yeah, last time I was there, it was um, Ron Howard's Grinch set was like literally touching the psycho wow. house and the uh, plane crash from War of the Worlds was wow. all like right right there like if you were standing down at the hotel you couldn't see it but once you got up to the front door it was like oh there's uh whoville it's <laughs> <laughs> crazy um one of my favorite uses of uh universal studios in, in terms of money saving they didn't even have to redress anything was uh uh, the Return of Maxwell Smart was a 1980 movie, mm-hmm. and they they shot these scenes where uh, Maxwell Smart was chasing somebody through the Universal tour, and you know they had Cylons in it from Battlestar Galactica <laughs> and a Psycho House and and the Jaws uh, Bruce the Shark was jumping up, and I was like they probably just wrote this while somebody was riding on the <laughs> on the tram and go okay we do a scene here and a scene there and you know don't have to pay anything or do, you know get Universal employees to work on it. Um, they did the exact same thing in an episode of Knight Rider. There is the climax <laughs> of a Knight Rider episode happens on the Jaws ride. <laughs> oh, wow. And an episode of uh, Airwolf. You can see the the um, the Psycho House in the background as as the Airwolf helicopter flies right over the, I think it's the, the, the water stage. Wow. Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, it, it seems like, you, you, in one way you could say, gee, what clever writing, but other ways you're thinking, what, what cheap production costs? <laughs> I'm ready to start the Universal Studios Minute. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, at, at some point it's it seems in, ingenious and it, it also lazy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It is both. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the number one to, to me, the number one action laziness is when you're having a shootout in a parking garage. I think every every time you see a film one project, you know, somebody, some beginner uh, film student, whenever they're doing an you know an action scene, they they think, hey, we could shoot it in a parking garage; it'll look great. And <laughs> and, and I, I think you could probably do a supercut of of shootouts in uh, parking garages with squibs going off on uh, on pillars next to people's heads. <laughs> that seems to be uh, an, an overused trope. Um, Anyway, we've gone kind of far afield from where we're at here, but uh, God bless the uh, Universal Backlot for giving all these people uh, uh, jobs to do and that could go into their salaries instead of building sets. Yeah. Uh, um, and other question that I had is uh, the the MP that the guy in the white hat he uh, that haircut doesn't seem regulation for 1970. No, uh, definitely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Totally. He, yeah, I would, I would, I would, as we were speaking of three days of the condor, it's like looking at somebody's shoes and saying, that guy's not a postman. I'm looking, you know, looking at this guy's hair. It's like, eh, there's no way he's uh, an airman in, in 1970 in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, that's not regulation, soldier. Yeah. Wow. But a uh, great minute. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for being part of the show. It's, uh, it's fun talking about different, different shows with different people who normally cover other things. Um, and uh, you guys with the real Jaws minute. By the way, thanks for finishing the uh, Jaws. It needed it needed to be covered in full in <laughs> in its entirety, and I'm very thankful that you. Well, you guys that's did that's it. why we did it. So yeah, no, that was that was that was key. And uh, you know, I, I do enjoy your your interpretations of, of other films. Uh, for folks looking for your show, the real Jaws minute, I guess, is available everywhere. It um, is. 
Yeah, wherever and, uh, uh, you yeah, find we, podcasts. We also, we also show up on uh, North by Northwest Minute. and yep. uh, Fright Night Minute and Fright Into Night, the Night Minute. Into the Night. That's another. Uh, yep, yeah. No, yeah. you guys are everywhere. Yeah, I know. And thank in you fact, for doing. In fact, I think we even had some uh, shootout uh, 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 parking garage stuff. On. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, again, it's la- lazy, uh, lazy John Landis, I guess they call him. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, and, and another universal film too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's great listening, listening to folks uh, talking about this. And of course we are all part of a bigger group called movies by minutes. And uh, the movies by minutes group generally talks about a movie as we are doing here one minute of screen time per episode in, in the neighborhood of one, one minute per episode. So uh, if you'd like to find out more about our group, uh, go visit us at moviesbyminutes.com. Uh, and there's at the time that we're recording this, there's almost 160 different um, uh, movies being done in this format. So chances are, if you have a favorite movie, uh, it's probably being done in this format. And if not, join us. Try, take a part of a movie a minute at a time. I'm sure we'll listen to your, uh, to your show like uh, you do ours. <laughs> Uh, for folks uh, wanting to talk back about this particular movie, come and visit us at uh, on Facebook at uh, Project Wildfire or on uh, uh, Twitter at, of course, uh, Andrama in a minute. And we're available on all the typical podcast catcher things, so you know where to where to find us. You found us once, so go back and subscribe, and you'll, you'll get us again. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, guys, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, and in the, in the meantime, before next week, uh, please uh, keep your six foot distance and wash your hands and uh, we'll all get through this. Okay. But we'll see you here next time, next Monday on the Andromeda minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here. <laughs>